feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, they don't seem to care who leaked it. They seem to be happy that somebody leaked it, and they seem to be happy to talk about the implications that this could have on the November elections. I am talking about the Democrats in the United States because they are going crazy today after that word of a leak, as we know, on the draft opinion of the Supreme Court about Roe v. Wade. And what that would do is kick that decision, basically the issue of abortion, back to the states, to the state legislatures. They also, the Democrats, could try, even though it would be really remote, to try to pass some sort of legislation that would basically codify and allow for abortion in all 50 states. The chances of that are very slim because even there are a number of Democrats who are pro-life who would not vote in favor of that. But it looks like they're going to still try to push for that anyway. But in the meantime, the emotions, they are just going bonkers. And some of the things that have happened in the last 24 hours have really had me shaking my head. And I want to get your reaction to a lot of this. And here, if you think this is an appropriate reaction, if you think that now Democrats are going to use this as the issue as they are running against Republicans, and it looked like they were about to take a trouncing in the midterms. I still think they will get trounced. I still think that the Republicans are going to be able to pull it out, especially in the House and maybe in the Senate. But Democrats clearly are trying to deflect and to basically say, hey, look over here. Look over at this issue as a distraction. It's Listen, abortion, the issue of abortion is very important to them. There's no question about it. But they are clearly trying to use this issue to override any of the other problems that they foresee in the country right now. And boy, there are a lot of them. If you look at some of the latest polls, and I am talking poll numbers with independents and with average everyday Americans on all sides of the aisle— The president has like a 90 percent disapproval rating with the way he has handled inflation. And we know in the last few hours there was an interest rate hike by the feds. There's going to be more of that. The feds are trying to do whatever they can. But this is really a pivotal time where the economy is really in crisis. And we feel it. You know, when you go to the gas pump, you go to the store, you go to a restaurant, um, anywhere you feel it. And the president knows it. He knows that right now inflation and the economy is an enormous issue, enormous issue, and that so many Americans have just had it up to here. And they feel disenchanted with his leadership. I mean, they don't feel inspired by his leadership, not just on that, but they look at the border, which is a leaky sieve. They also look at what's happening, of course, overseas. Ukraine is a mess. I finally heard word today that they're getting some of the howitzers that they were supposed to get. I was like, weren't they supposed to get that weeks ago? I mean, things are just still such a mess. And there is no sort of like sense of America leading the world almost in any level right now. 
And this president, you could tell, is paying a dear price for it in the polls. It's obvious. And these are polls by not just I'm not talking about just Republicans. I'm talking about like Democrats and independents are like, this is not the greatest president in history, according to many Democrats. And those are, of course, the ones who voted for him predominantly. And you look at all the numbers and it doesn't look good. So now many Democrats are just riding this issue of the Supreme Court leak and not the leak. They don't care that there was uh, something that basically breached the integrity of the Supreme Court. That was one of the worst leaks probably in Supreme Court history ever. They've never had one like this on an opinion that was in a draft form. And the fact that I was just hearing that Sam Alito was planning to have a speech And guess what? He canceled the speech. He had an appearance and he had to cancel it. You can imagine why. There are protesters. There are now threats against members that are on the high court, a number of the high court justices. I mean, this is so crazy. And they're not saying a thing about that. Remember, they weren't saying a thing when Kirsten Sinema was being followed into the bathroom, the Democrat who wasn't voting the way the other Democrats wanted. It wasn't bothering them when somebody followed, you know, Joe Manchin the West Virginia senator on a boat, on another little boat. They didn't care about that. They care about the fact that this decision is not going the way that they want it to go, and they will do whatever it takes. And some of the rhetoric has been absolutely unbelievable. Um, Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to have here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to have great investigative journalist and founder of Just the News, John Solomon is going to give us his take on the intense rhetoric coming from Democrats as a result of this leak, the fact that now everything is focused on Roe v. Wade. Forget about the border. Forget about inflation. Forget about crime. Forget about a war. Oh, those are just little things. The most important thing they say is Roe v. Wade. And if you listen to them, it goes a lot further than Roe v. Wade. They basically are saying that the Republicans will take away every ounce of freedom that you have. And they are going after the MAGA crowd, at least President Biden is. Take a listen. First off, this is Elizabeth Warren. And listen to her reaction, her very emotional reaction about what may be the decision coming from the highest court in the land. I am angry. Angry and upset? Angry and upset and determined. The United States Congress can keep Roe versus Wade the law of the land. They just need to do it. I've never seen you so angry. You seem to be... This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. 69% of people across this country, across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people, want Roe versus Wade to maintain as the law of the land. We need to do that. And we have a right. Wow. And then here is Kamala Harris last night at an event. And this is the most passionate I've seen her in a long time. How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they? 
try to deny women their rights and their freedoms. So do you believe that the Democrats believe that this is a key issue and that they sincerely believe that this is the be-all, end-all, or are they using it for pure political gain? I think a lot of it is clearly politics because they needed something to take the attention off so many of these other issues which are clearly failing this president. And they need anything they can to galvanize their base. And the Republicans, on the other hand, they got to get the word out of what this means, that it goes back to the state legislatures and that state legislatures and people will then decide what is the individual issue for each state. Uh, So there's still a lot of layers to it. And there's so many other avenues to this. But if you listen to folks on the left, they say this doesn't only take away Roe v. Wade. They believe it's going to take away every single freedom, basically, that you ever had in this country. Take a listen to Joy Behar on The View. My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage and, and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board, the, what is it, Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. They already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I see some, I see fascism down the line here. Wow. She went from a leaked Supreme Court draft opinion to now basically saying we're headed to fascism. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's like at any moment, this is basically taking away every single right is what they are saying. What's your reaction to this? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And take a listen. Here is President Joe Biden, who not only basically said the same thing, he went after every single Trump supporter. Listen to this. This extreme Republican agenda calls for Congress. Now, this is, I'm not making this up either. You ought to really think about this. It requires a vote if it were to pass. Every five years, the Congress would have to vote to reinstate or eliminate Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Social Security is something seniors have paid in for their whole life. And it has to be reauthorized. has to be reauthorized. Every five years? Look, again, it's hard to make this up. But then again, it's a mega agenda. Wow. That they're going to basically take away money from seniors, take away money from women. What's next? Anybody who speaks English? Anybody who has two legs, one leg? I mean, they are just going for the jugular. It is unbelievable. And listen, if they're president, if you see the polls, their president is doing so poorly. They need something to distract it. Here is what he actually said about the MAGA movement this morning. This is stunning. Again, this is not about President Trump. This is not about any of these things. But no, President Biden goes for the jugular and basically slammed anybody who has ever supported President Trump or his policies. Listen to how far of a reach this president has gone. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. Wow. The most extreme in American history. And when we come back, 
We're going to talk to great investigative journalist John Solomon to get his reaction to the Democrats' response and to the fact that President Biden is calling anybody who has ever been MAGA part of the most extreme political movement in American history. To me, that is a stunning comment, and to me, just a comment of a desperate president at this time. I'm also going to take your calls. It's one 800 848 9222 and you're listening to the Rita Cosby show. It's the Rita Cosby show. Well, Bruce Springsteen may not like the leak that came from the Supreme Court. Uh, he has been awfully political the last few years, and boy, has Elizabeth Warren. Oh, my goodness. I thought she was going to pop a cork when she was talking about the results coming from this opinion. And again, it's just an opinion so far. We don't know if it's the final decision, but so far, the Democrats are definitely using this as what they think will be a pivotal issue to maybe have an impact in November. Take a listen to Elizabeth on the bumpers, basically. Well, I am here because I am angry, and I am here because the United States Congress can change all of this. But the U.S. Congress... Looks like they will have little impact. They're going to try. Uh, The Democrats will while they have the majority, a very slim one at that. And joining us now to talk about all of this is the great investigative journalist. He's also founder of Just the News, John Solomon. John, great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show. Yeah, good to be with you. What a busy news day. A lot of fun things happen today. There (laughs) sure are. Oh, my gosh. Well, John, I just played that comment from Elizabeth Warren, and I said she was about to pop a cork because, boy, she was, like, about to explode. What's your reaction to Democrats like her and others who are saying that this is like the be-all, end-all, and don't get fooled, is their comment, by crime or border or a war. Uh, No, 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 this is the issue. Well, listen, I think that's it. They have no other issues to run on. All the other issues Republicans have a preference on, the economy, national security, trust and just general trust and and competence. So this is their gift. Let's keep in mind, for 50-plus years, the Democrats had control of the Congress many times. They never passed a Roe v. Wade codification. They could have done it. They could have codified it. They could have done it. They didn't. They're going to use this to try to swing suburban women and uh, some voters back to the party in the, in the fall because all the other levers they have, the economy, security, trust, competence, COVID-19, they have fumbled badly. And so this is sort of a Hail Mary for them. This is the best opportunity they have to make some ground up in an election that is tilting very heavily red. The real question is, we don't know how the court will ultimately rule. And there's a powerful counter message to this, which is this does not outlaw abortion. It simply gives it back to the states. And you'll hear this a lot if if the court reverses it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's own words, someone who supported abortion rights, by the way, saying that Roe v. Wade was a stretch. It was not good law. It was not a good decision by the court. RBG is a you know one of the most famous people on the left, and I think the Republicans will blunt that, noting that even she thought the ruling was bad. 
Yeah, and based on the issue of whether it's in the Constitution, whether it should go to states' rights, um, and a lot of people are saying, again, it goes back to the states. It doesn't outlaw it, as you said. It goes now to the states to decide. Um, What do you make of also President Joe Biden, John Solomon? I couldn't believe this because, first of all, yesterday when they asked for his reaction, he didn't say a thing about the leak. He didn't condemn the leaker. He didn't say anything. It was like, oh, and he went right to using this issue because he needs a distraction, too, clearly. Um, So now he comes out today and he says MAGA is the most extreme group in recent U.S. history. What do you say to that? What was your reaction of what a broad stroke he is taking now? Well, we've had this line, right? First, Hillary Clinton gave us the deplorables. Remember that? That was the first uh, division of the MAGA nation. Then uh, there were the smelly Walmart people. Those were the FBI elitists, uh, Pete Strzok and his girlfriend talking about it in text messages. And now Joe Biden's taking another crack at this. It's 80 million Americans. Uh, And on the day that the, the, the president chose to make this pitch, right, to take a different tact and to insult the entire 80 million base of the of the Trump electorate, his own party showed their own extremism. How did they do that? Last night in L.A., you saw these pro-abortion uh, liberal activists throwing sledgehammers, bottles, rocks at police officers, injuring an officer, sending him to the hospital. It's kind of hard to tell the American people I'm against extremism when your own party's in the streets of L.A. wrecking police cars and injuring officers. Uh, I think most Americans see through it as sort of a cheesy throwaway line, just like deplorables, just like smelly Walmart people. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get rid of the Biden or the Trump movement by just insulting it with elitist uh, lines. He's not. And the more he does this, the more he reaffirms to the American people that he belongs to that top elite group in Washington who's so disconnected from everyday Americans who really are worried about can they afford gas in their tank or do they have to buy food, which is going to come at most of the Democrats scoff at those worries. People in real America aren't scoffing. They're struggling. And I think these comments only go to further separate what used to be middle class Joe, uh, put him in the elitist category. Yeah, it just shows such a disconnect and a disrespect. And like you said, it's like a diminishment of anybody who ever believed and still believes also in the make America great again. And people are saying, God, it would be nice to have America be great again after a lot of the problems we have seen of late. What about also uh, J.D. Vance before I let you go, John Solomon? Because as we're looking, that was a huge victory, I think, for President Trump. And you look at all the people that he's basically endorsed um, it, at least recently, um, have either uh, advanced to the runoff or won. And J.D. Vance is a perfect example. He was so far behind in the Ohio primary, author, uh, businessman, suddenly catapults 20 points. And he wins it last night in a big, big win. And he was a MAGA candidate. And that was all after being endorsed by President Trump. So what does that say about the Trump power? And is that maybe the reason why Biden tried to take a swipe going, "Uh uh-oh, you know? Yeah, listen, he's 22-0 and 0 last night. The president picked 22 winners and didn't have a single loser. That's a hard record to match on a, a daily basis. He still is the uh, the leader of the conservative movement. He still has enormous sway. He's not going to win every one of these. I think in Georgia he may lose the Kemp race. Kemp seems to still be firmly up. We don't know. But you know, the president will lose one here and there. But his ability to swing a race, to take a guy who was in third place and have him win in just two weeks after an endorsement – tells you that he has an enormous energizing effect on Republican and independent Republican voters. 
And anyone who wants to mess with him has to realize, hey, this is a formidable force. He has not been gone. Two impeachments on January 6th. He's still remarkably formidable because Americans like his policies. And I think that's the thing that Joe Biden is worried about. And even so, I had Lindsey Graham on my TV show tonight. He's sometimes pro-Trump, sometimes he's against Trump. Uh, he said, listen, Donald Trump, it's, it's his nomination to get in 2024. He is the dominant force in the Republican Party right now. Uh, that's a pretty powerful statement from a guy that values his independence a lot. Absolutely. And I think Joe Biden knows that, too, as well. And that's why he suddenly just kind of took a swipe at him. John Solomon, thank you very much. Always awesome to have you here on the show. The great investigative journalist, John Solomon of Just the News. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Rita. Thank you, John, very, very much. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls and also our Back the Blue segment where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement and their families. A segment that I always love that we do here every night on the show. A great story coming from Phoenix, Arizona, where Sergeant Courtney Fink who is a mother and a former 911 operator, says she leaned on those experiences to help children in crisis. And get this, she was just driving by, and now two families are grateful to this police sergeant for saving their children's lives. The sergeant in the Phoenix, Arizona Police Department just happened to be in the right place at the right time, which led her to saving two children's lives in one week in two separate instances. She is also a mom, and those mothering instincts kicked in and helped her save the life of a three-day-old baby, very, very young. She was driving by when she saw a group of concerned people around a baby. They told her that the newborn just suddenly stopped breathing while feeding. And after a few chest rubs and sternum rubs from the sergeant, the baby sneezed, and she knew the airway was clear. She says that sneeze was the best sound she ever heard. Then amazingly, only a few days later, she saved another child. She was near a Ross Dress for Less store, where there's some good deals sometimes, by the way, guys. And also she got flagged down when a toddler inside the store was having a seizure before joining the police department. Fink was also, as I mentioned, a 911 operator. And she said, I remember them talking about taking the diaper off and cooling the core and the body and the neck. So that's exactly what she did, and she stabilized the little boy before paramedics arrived. And the boy is expected to fully recover. Saving lives is what this sergeant says she was trained to do. She said, quote, we all do the same thing every day. We're going on calls. We get flagged down, and we immediately act. Bravo to her and obviously her great training as a mom and also a 911 operator and, of course, currently as a great member of the Phoenix, Arizona Police Department. Well, we are talking about the intense reaction from Democrats, and it goes all the way to the top, President Biden, after word of the Supreme Court leak, which could potentially overturn Roe v. Wade. And again, it's just a draft at this point, but the Democrats are seizing on it big time. And also, President Biden isn't just seizing on that. 
He is trying to do whatever he can to bring down President Trump. You just heard John Solomon here on the show, and John was saying that last night in the primaries that took place, there was a big one, particularly in Ohio, and there, President Trump overall in the primaries, in the last, like, 24, 48 hours, he picked 22 winners and zero losers in terms of those that propelled in the primaries and elsewhere. That's a big deal. And so President Biden sees that, and he knows who probably his competition is for 2024. Yes, he says he's going to run in 2024. That's what he's telling Obama and others, believe it or not. We'll see if he makes it to 2023. My gosh, he is, like, still so out of it. But he claims he is running, and you could tell he is clearly worried about President Trump and his many, many supporters. Take a listen, because today, President Biden's at an event And first off, he says that this draft decision that came from the Supreme Court is not just about Roe v. Wade. You know, it's not about that. He says Republicans everywhere are planning to basically take away rights from everyone. They are using this big, broad brush, and this decision has nothing to do with that. And it's not even official at this point. It's just a draft. It hasn't even come out officially yet. But they're saying, oh, it's a huge, huge that the Republicans are out to take all your rights away, even if you are LGBTQ. Take a listen how far of a stroke, basically, that this president is going. This is about a lot more than abortion. I I hadn't read the whole opinion at that time. There had been a law saying a married couple could not purchase birth control in the privacy of their own bedroom and use it. Well, that got struck down. Griswold was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and my guess is the guy's on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? All right, so let me just get this straight. Right now it is a draft decision, and if it does go as the draft indicates – it would basically get kicked back to the states as to what each state wants to do. If they want to have certain restrictions, if they want to block all restrictions. I mean, there's so many layers. But in terms of the LGBTQ, there's nothing in there that does that. And yet that's where this party is going. It is like fear-mongering to the umph degree. And take a listen. Here's a little bit more because you could tell President Biden then goes after President Trump and all of his 80 million supporters. Take a listen. All the talk about the deficit from my Republican friends, I love it. I reduced it $350 billion in my first year in office. And we're on track to reduce it by the end of September by another $1,500,000,000. The largest drop ever. I don't want to hear Republicans talk about deficits and their ultra-mega agenda. I want to hear about fairness. I want to hear about decency. I want to hear about help on ordinary people. The bottom line is that for decades, the trickle-down on economics has failed as income inequity grew to historic levels under the Republicans, the mega-Republicans, the MAGA-Republicans. I don't want to mispronounce it, the MAGA-Republicans. Oh boy, God forbid he mispronounce it. And then he made what is an incredible blanket sweeping statement to me. This is just unbelievable. Listen to this one. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. 
So do you out there believe that the MAGA crowd is the most extreme political movement in American history? That is what our current president of the United States said. And John Solomon was just talking about how the basket of deplorables, remember Hillary Clinton made that comment, and the FBI agents, remember the lovebirds, uh, Lisa Strzok and her guy there, uh, basically were saying uh, smelly Walmart people. And now we have President Biden saying anybody who supports the Make America Great Again movement is part of the most extreme political movement in American history, that there's basically no place for you. You're not really America. You're not the center of the country by any means. Wow. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan on line six. Susan, your thoughts about what the president of the United States said about tens of millions of Americans in one fell swoop. Well, I think this whole topic is really going to backfire because many, many um, individuals, even a couple of guys I got in a conversation with today um, about abortion had no idea how um, the length of time now that's legal uh, like in New York State, it's 24 weeks. Um, well, that's a six. That's six months. The, the, the babies are they're fully developed and very able to live outside the womb. And these people are looking up on their phone and they're like, "Oh no, that can't be true." I thought it was only like you know the first 12 weeks. And these are you know people that are these are not conservatives but you know there's just a common decency you know once you've had your own children or you're aware of a baby you know they have rights too to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness they have freedom to live well and you know what i hear your passion by the way you know you bring up a great point susan because often when people hear it's you know, it's either one way or the other way, then they vote. Like if you look at some of the polls, it's it's pretty much kind of almost 50-50 in America. But then when you ask the question, as you very astutely kind of talked about here that you had the discussion with the guys um, today, where if you said, hey, well, what about, uh, you know, banning abortion after X weeks, after a certain period of time? And different states have different amounts. I've seen in some states, you know, like 15 weeks. I've seen in others even less. I've seen more. Uh, That's when people step in and many people say, well, yeah, I agree with that after a certain point, just like you just said. And I think that's the job that Republicans have to do. They got to get out there and make those points heard. You know, they got to get out there and say exactly what you just said and educate people and say, listen, we're not necessarily saying under no circumstance We're saying in certain cases under here, under here or under this issue. Oh, because then when it's phrased, if you look at some of the new polls that have come out recently, then even Democrats and independents say, yeah, I don't think there should be maybe an abortion after X weeks or after X time. Um, So you're right. There's a lot of it to it. But but now this president, Susan, has gone so much even, you know, well past even the abortion issue. I mean, he even said today that this draft decision means that Republicans 
are going to like basically, you know, separate LGBTQ. They're going to like, you know, every single right you've ever had in America is basically under attack right now. And there's nothing to say any of that. I mean, they are like so stretching this and to the point where it's like, gosh, these terrible MAGA people like, you know, like he's almost like spitting the word out of his mouth. What's your reaction to this broad brush that he's using? This shows desperation. This shows such a outlandish, and people are not going to buy this, and they see his results of everything else he's done, and they are going to understand that decency and common sense is going to overtake not everyone but enough to turn this around. We just got to have faith. Just have conversations with people. I'm just like, you know, if you just, and because they're really not aware, they've tuned out because of all the divisiveness. But this is something almost everyone can agree on, that a six, six months in the womb is, and they're doing it even beyond that. In California, they want to make abortion legal after the baby's born. How can that be? Yeah, there are a number of individuals uh, that have come out and said that they support that. You're right. And I think a lot of people hearing that are just unbelievably outraged. Um, Susan, thank you for the call. I feel your passion, too. I love it. Uh, Let's go to Charles in Queens. Charles, your reaction to the way the Democrats are handling this? Well, first of all, I wouldn't expect anything else from them. They were prepared for all this. We didn't know it. Uh, President Biden was prepared with a statement. They were ready to the first night, I think it was Monday night, to uh, the radicals to be out there. They're looking for something. I wonder what else to come up with. But there's one thing great about the Democrats that I'm always happy about. They always overdo it until people catch on what the, what the you know what they're up to. Also, they're full of projection because they had a leftist woman. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name tonight. That said, you know, thanks to the Republicans, you know, we're we're, we're going towards fascism and she's right we are thanks to the left not the republicans thanks to them but i want to say something else uh two nights ago you did a great interview with professor alan dershowitz yes i remember it in fact i had him on literally minutes after this came out well i know i know you i think you were just about the first and i really enjoyed the interview he did a great job and but he said and i i admire him and um, but he said something that I disagreed with, but I couldn't call in to the show that night because I had to go someplace, which I had to go. So what's your, so what's your night, point, Charles? You're a busy guy. What's your okay, point? Okay, <laughs> okay, so no, 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 I'm getting there. But last night I was lucky on a different program that Alan Dershowitz, Professor Dershowitz, was on, and I called and I was able to make my point. First, I I told him that I'm very impressed with his legal brilliance. And but I even more admire him for his honesty versus ideology. He lost all of his friends, even though he's a staunch liberal, but he went to help Trump and so on. I really admire him for that. But then I told him what I disagree with him, nothing legal. I wouldn't argue with him. And what was that, Charles? But he said, but he said, because he said that regardless of how Roe v. Wade came about, it doesn't matter. It's been 50 years law of the land. So I said, look, I understand the concept. But I said, maybe it's not a perfect analogy, but if a nine-year-old kid got hooked on drugs and smoked and drugs, took drugs for 50 years, it was wrong. So shouldn't he stop the drugs? 
I mean, so what if it's 50 years? I understand the concept. People got used to it. Okay, great. But it came about the wrong way, which he admitted. So then he started arguing because we went back and forth for five minutes. But it was a nice conversation, and I was able to have that with him. And you know what, what, Charles? By the way, you bring up some great points because— There are people who talk about, obviously, the issue of precedent and constitutional scholars will say what you just said that Dershowitz had said. Um, Some others believe otherwise, Uh, but others believe that if you look purely at the Constitution, just stepping back even from the president, non-president, if you look at the Constitution, they say it's not in there in the Constitution and that the solution is it going back to the states for the legislature. And in fact... Democrats today were signaling that they are planning on doing a vote in the Senate. Um, They don't have the votes, by the way, because there are even Democrats that would support pro-life, that wouldn't vote for an all-out, you know, all-out support of abortion, that they would not do that. They wouldn't go that far, Um, even though, obviously, Elizabeth Warren would say, heck yeah, and Kamala Harris as the vice president, you know, coming in, she uh, she would do that, and Uh, Others would. But there are a number of Democrats that are more conservative Democrats that just as we were talking about that maybe would say after a certain period of time, then it's, you know, uh, you know, it should be banned. Uh, There's so many steps to this, but they're still going to try to do it just to prove a point, even though they know the votes aren't there. They're going to do it just to prove a point so they can have on record this person voted against this issue. And then they're going to ride on that in November and say, oh, look, you know, maybe they're going to try to get challengers to go up against, you know, different candidates, even in their own party that they're not happy with. So they can try to get more progressive ones in there. But you can just see it's going to be a battle royale, even though they know it is just pure, pure symbolism. Charles, great call. Really interesting. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of the fact that Democrats are using this as the biggest issue ever? Forget crime, forget inflation, forget everything to do with the economy, gas prices, all of that. No, 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 no border issues whatsoever. It is solely the leak of this draft opinion that they're going to be riding hay on and they're trying to minimize everything else and minimize anybody who's part of the MAGA movement. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. to the message of Democrats today. They are screaming it is urgent, 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 and that you have to vote for them in November based on this draft decision. And they say it's not even just about the issue of abortion. They say it's every single basically individual right that you have is in jeopardy. They're like making it sound like the world is coming to an end if you do not vote for them. Take a listen to Senator Dick Durbin, the way he is trying to present to the world this issue of this leaked draft. He says, boy, everybody, every single right you have, you better watch your back now. The election in this November is going to be a referendum on privacy and your rights to freedom as an American. They don't want to make that the case. They want it to be, oh, it's inflation. It's something at the border. No, it's something more basic than that. It's in your bedroom. And we want to make sure the American people understand that's the reality of this issue. So inflation isn't happening. 
border's not happening, crime's not happening, but the basically, according to this, the MAGA crowd is going to be in your bedroom. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan uh, on line seven. Stan, your thoughts about this? Hello. Hi, Stan. How oh, are you? I didn't know you were talking to me. Stan, I apologize. we're talking to you, Stan. How are you? How are you? Okay. Look, inflation comes and goes. We've had it in the past. We'll have it again. Two. Yeah, it's only the biggest in 40 yeah, years, but go ahead. It comes and goes, Rita. Yeah, Here's 40 years. Immigration. Stan, Stan, let me ask you a question. Uh, let me get to the other Wait, point. Wait, no, okay. no, no. I'll let you get all to right, it. Okay, sure. Stan, I have no idea how old you are, all right? But are you going to be around in 40 years for the next horrible inflation? I suspect so. Inflation comes and goes, Rita. Immigration and what has been happening has been going on for 50 years from both parties. It comes and goes. But if you lose a right and, uh, that you've been given for 50 years, by the, and then it's taken away, and women, you've got a problem with me, and you've got a problem with a lot of American women. Anyone, and Republican women, too, by the way, who are liberal, will not be thrilled with this, as well as independents. So, yeah. They've given them the opening. A lot of, and you said, I heard what's his name, McConnell. He don't want to talk about. It. In fact, he walks away. I think he knows he has a problem with this, and so do the Republicans. But we'll wait and see. Anyway, the the decision has not come out. I think I mentioned to you yesterday it was a draft. Maybe they'll change their mind and make it less uh, than it is. I don't know. But the person who did it should be definitely go after. I'm not. Absolutely, you know he should. The person who leaked it. The person who leaked it is what you're saying. Not because, by the way, by the way, Justice Alito is the one who like had his, you know, his name on the opinion again, the draft. Um, And guess what? He had to cancel an appearance because obviously he's getting threats. Obviously, they're protesters and there's threats. We see him outside the Supreme Court, and clearly he did not feel comfortable to be out publicly because who knows what was going to happen to him? Who knows what? He's being told privately. I mean, how horrible is that, Stan? Look, nobody should be threatened, but this is a very emotional issue. Absolutely. He should be protected by the – but this is a – but so much women should be protected. And obviously the court has decided to go the other way. They've been planning this for years if they could get uh, a conservative court. But now, Stan, Stan, let me yeah. – let me. you understand that what it does do is it goes back to the states – and then the states will each decide. And there are different things in all the different states. There are some that say like 15 weeks, then there could be a ban on abortion. Um, there are others that say longer. There's others that say less. I mean, it really varies from state to state. Do you have a problem with the people deciding? No, the people. Here's the point. There, it, what if, okay, it goes states to states. That's what's going to happen if it happens, yes. But then if the Republicans get power, they may decide to cut funding and so forth to the states that do abortions. So you didn't mention that little tidbit. Well, and, let, and let happens, me ask you, and Stan, Stan, real quick, little sure. tidbit. Did you hear President Biden called every Make America Great Again person the most extreme political movement in American history? Your reaction well, to that? Okay. Come uh, on, that's, that's ridiculous. Theme. That, that's Donald Trump's theme. It's a phony theme. Because everybody wants to make he uses it for his own personal stuff, so it doesn't mean anything. It's just another phony thing from Trump. Oh my goodness, Stan! You will Thank never you, give sweetie. him credit. Thank Happy you. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, uh, Stan! Uh, it's not my birthday, but maybe it's yours. All right, Stan. Thank you. Anybody, when we come back, I'll take a celebration, no matter what day it is, even if it isn't my birthday. But I'll get it early from Stan. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, President Trump maybe needs to go back to the Taj Mahal and bet on blackjack or roulette or any of those games because he's had a pretty good winning streak of late. And more than a dozen plus candidates that he has endorsed, he really helped their campaigns tremendously. And case in point, a huge win last night for a Trump-backed candidate, J.D. Vance. Uh, I had dinner with J.D. a couple weeks ago. He's a really interesting guy. And at that time, he had not been endorsed by Trump. And he even said to me, I hope that I get the endorsement because I know that that will be a tremendous windfall for me, that that will be a tremendous victory because so many people love President Trump. And so soon afterwards, he did indeed get that endorsement. And that basically propelled him about 20 points. He literally moved up about 20 points on the roster. And he was trailing quite far behind in a pretty crowded Republican primary for Senate in Ohio. It's the Rob Portman seat. Rob is Portman is leaving. Senator Portman's leaving. So it's an open seat. And so there were a whole bunch of different candidates. And J.D. Vance who is, you know, hillbilly elegy, he's the author, Um, he's also a businessman, a military guy, and he wasn't doing so well in the polls, and then suddenly he got the Trump stamp of approval, and boy, he skyrocketed, and last night he won in a very, very crowded field, and he was among a number of other people that won that got the endorsement from President Trump, and a lot of people are saying that last night was the beginning of sort of the test of Trump's power in the midterms and beyond. And, of course, if the House and Senate or House maybe and maybe Senate, you know, or or both of them turn, depending what we see happens in 2022 in the midterms right around the corner, just a few months away now in November, um, that could decide whether he gets in the race or other candidates get in the race on the GOP side. But it certainly is a test of Trump's appeal and Trump's might. And take a listen. Here is President Trump when he talked about his endorsement of J.D. Vance before the primary last night. Take a listen. As you know, it was my great honor and distinction to endorse J.D. Vance for the U.S. Senate. He will be strong. He will be conservative. He will do what you want, and he's not going to let you down. He was a warrior. He was a great student. He loves your state. And that's why I went for him. So on May 3rd, go out and vote for J.D. Vance. He's going to be terrific. And people voted for him, and he pulled out 
the primary, which he had to get through first in a very contentious field. And after J.D. Vance won just last night in Ohio in that primary, in the Republican primary, he thanked President Trump. Take a listen. I have absolutely got to thank the 45th, the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Ladies and gentlemen. One forgiveness example of what could be in this country, ladies and gentlemen, remember 2019 when wages were going up and not down? Remember 2019 when workers were doing well in this country, not struggling terribly? Thanks to the president for everything, for endorsing me. And I got to say, a lot of the fake news media out there, and, and, and there are some good ones in the back there. There's some bad ones, too, let's be honest. But they wanted to write a story that this campaign would be the death of Donald Trump's America First agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, it ain't the death of the America First agenda. And that was a huge win. And guess who was clearly watching that was President Joe Biden, who the other night couldn't keep it straight if it was Ukraine or Hungary or if they were supplying javelins to Russia or to Ukraine, remember, it was all these gaffes. But he was very clear against his animus to anything that is make America great again. To me, it clearly shows that he is so worried about President Trump and clearly sees that he is an enormous threat to President Biden. He sees that he still has a mass appeal, despite Stan, who just called us. But despite him, there are still so many people who have such incredible support for President Trump. And clearly the candidates... That he was pushing for. You know, if those candidates didn't win, President Biden would have been talking up high heaven today about it and said, oh, look at this one. Look at this. Would have called him a loser. Would have done this. And instead, today, here he is at the White House. President Biden, there's so many issues in front of him, but he is consumed by President Trump. And he took a swipe, not only at President Trump, but basically his tens of millions of supporters. Take a listen. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. And then he went after Senator Rick Scott, of course, who's also a MAGA supporter, and he swiped at him, too. Senator Rick Scott of Florida, United States senator, who's leading the Republican National Senatorial Campaign Committee, Release what he calls the ultra-MAGA agenda. It's a MAGA agenda, all right. Let me tell you about this ultra-MAGA agenda. It's extreme, as most MAGA things are. Wow. Boy, this president is worried about President Trump, and I think he should be. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line 7. Norm your reaction to the fact that President Biden said the MAGA movement is probably the most extreme political movement in American history. Hi, Rita. Um, Concerning Biden going after MAGA nation, never in my life have I seen a sitting president going after 80 million of his oppositional voters. That is a dangerous precedent. These Democrats would rather Americans destroy each other rather than concede loss. Yeah, you know what? You're right. They will go after anything and everything. And as a, and you know what's I what I don't like also Norm is it's condescending. Um and it brings back again like the Hillary Clinton basket of deplorables. Like to me it was like 
such a like, if you don't agree with me, well, then you're you're lower than I am. And that's sort of the whole way that I think many of the Democrats and clearly President Biden, by his remarks and others that have made similar remarks in recent years and recent weeks, um, it's it's just a condescension. And just like you said, it's so stupid because there are so many people out there that are part of this movement. What about trying to embrace them? If you're a smart guy, you do it in a in a nice way as opposed to swiping them and alienating them. Hey, Norm, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, what oh, do you think? You, you, That's a question, I Norm. I think we're going towards uh, a very bad period in the future because of this. And I can see a lot of similarity of things that happened. I've said this to you in the past about things that happened in 1861. Uh, I can definitely see that. Um, uh, it's a very bad situation when you have a president basically telling people, telling, telling people who don't, you know, uh, for all the people out there who who agree, who don't agree with me, you're bad people, and uh, we're going to get you. Yeah, and exactly. I, I just, yeah, it's- yeah, and I think that that's uh, really bad. I never saw Trump do that. I, I saw Trump going after his opponents, you know, the other politicians, uh, in, in his usual manner, but I never saw him going after. The P- I never saw him going after Hillary followers. Right. right. Can, uh, you, yeah, re- can you imagine, like, if he had said, uh, gosh, anybody who believes in her is the most extreme person in the entire world, any single, every single one of you. I mean, it's like, it, first of all, it's so alienating. It's so mm-hmm. condescending. And it's also arrogant to think that he doesn't need those voters. Like, they don't matter in America, in his mind, and they don't matter in an electorate either from an election standpoint norm and what's really scary i think is what 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 i find really scary is the press will support biden on this and uh i mean you know yes we we do have wabc we have fox we have newsmax we have other but it's few and far between in uh you know in 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 a democrat supporting liberal realm out there and i just it it's just you know, I, I, I honestly, I think I think the press will support beating Trump supporters in the street, killing them. I mean, I, I really do. I think that they'll find a way. Wow. To just... You think that they hate them that much? Yes, well, I think they hate them that much. But you know, what's interesting, Norm, in some of the polls of late, it clearly is showing uh, that he's not doing well. And it's not just with Republicans, it's with independents and Democrats, too, as well. And it's like almost it's in every single category. I mean, it's like on inflation. Again, I was telling you, it was close to 90 percent in this country think he's not doing a good job. And that's a lot of independents in that number, too, as well. And so I think um, they're looking for any sort of a wedge issue that can separate you know, uh, anybody who might like think about going to the Republican side because they're so disenchanted with this president. So I do think they're looking at the tea leaves. And yes, I do think a lot of people in the media are clearly in the tank for Joe Biden. But I also think of late, we've seen a few more of them at least asking different questions and what flavor ice cream are you eating? You know, for a long time, it was like, is, is he getting strawberry or pistachio, you know? Um, and by the way, I like pistachio better. But other than that, Um, He's also always basically getting a free pass. But of late, they have been saying, hey, listen, what about the border? What about COVID? What about I mean, the facts were so clear. They sort of kind of had to hammer them. 
You know, so I, I, I think that there's more than meets the eye, and I think he just, right now, he needs anything he can do uh, to deflect, you know, from his bad numbers, and he's going to go after this Roe v. Wade leak, and he's going to go after Trump, anything that will take away from where he is at right now in the polls on, like, almost every single issue. Norm, great call. Thank you very much. Let's go to Carlos on Line 8 from Texas. Go ahead, Carl. Hello, good evening, Rita. I usually call from Yonkers, but we have a little crisis here at the border. So many agencies here have been deployed. Now, Stam is very uninformed. He has never worked immigration. He has never been an immigration officer. And probably he has never been at the border like Joe Biden, so he doesn't really know what's going on. You're, you're talking about um, with, you're talking about crazy Stan who just called in, who thinks Joe Biden is uh, he's like the only American who thinks Joe Biden is uh, the greatest thing since sliced bread, right, Carlos? Yes, but here at the border, we're basically expecting an avalanche and invasion. However, uh, I want to talk about the abortion issue. Gavin Newsom said today that if men were able to get pregnant, this wouldn't be a conversation. But Gavin Newsom, President Biden, Cory Bush, and other people have been telling us for months now that men can get pregnant, that Leah Thomas is actually a woman, that non-binary people can get pregnant, and we actually call those people birthing people. So it's not a woman's issue anymore. It's also a man's issue. So this issue exposes their hypocrisy and duplicity when it comes to women's issues. And so the you, fact so that your they point don't really care about women. And Carlos, so your point is that you know that they're happy to kind of make everything a gender neutral, uh, but yet on this issue they want to try to rile up the female base. That's right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Now, by the way, you are are you you're at the border now. Where are you at the border exactly? What part? In El Paso. You are. And what's going on there? By the way, as you're calling from Texas, I appreciate it because I know that uh, you're a former uh, law enforcement border patrol guy. Tell me what's going on there. Well, basically, there's a lot of human smuggling and human trafficking and also a lot of drug trafficking. Some different agencies have been deployed from the federal government, including, you know, DEA agents and other other agencies, one of which I'm a part of, in order to stem the flow of illegal activity. Plus, they expect the end of Title 42, and once Title 42 ends, we're basically expecting an avalanche. All the sources of information in Ciudad Juarez and Mexico have said to us that these people have, the cartels already have caravans up upon caravans of people. So once Title 42 ends, you're going to see immigration, illegal immigration into the United States like you've never seen before, ever. Wow. You know, Carlos, I, I want to get your reaction as we're talking about um, you know, the Roe v. Wade and the fact that Democrats are like, oh, none of that matters. You know, immigration, border doesn't matter. That was basically a phrase from Dick Durbin I was watching today. Like, none of that matters. This individual rights issue matters. They're trying to, like, minimize what's going on in the border, I think, because they know it's so bad. What What's your thoughts So when you hear Democrats try to put it on the back burner and, and make everybody try to look somewhere else? Well, 
I have I have to say it's a good strategy on their part because they basically have no issue to run on for the elections. Crime is up all over the United States. Inflation is up. Uh, uh, police officers are being killed left and right. Almost 73 last year, a 41% jump, if I'm not mistaken. So since they have no issue to run on, they're using this abortion issue as their primary issue. And they're going to focus on that issue until November. I mean, even though at many points in the past few years they have had the, bo- the votes to codify abortion law, they don't want to do it because they want to take this issue and use it and squeeze every single drop they can out of it in order to win some votes. Yeah, no question. Um, Carlos, thank you for calling in. And do me a favor. Um, by the way, tomorrow night, everybody on the show, we're going to have George P. Bush, Texas Land Commissioner, um, who spent a lot of time and knows a lot about the border as well. Um, and he's going to be on the show talking about the border and other stuff like that. Um, but, Carlos, do me a favor. Call us tomorrow night, too, um, with any updates of what you're seeing there firsthand. It's always great to get your perspective. And since uh, you're down there, please give us a call back tomorrow night and tell us what you're experiencing and seeing, because we want to be able to give everybody a front row seat and, and talk about what's really happening, not what the Democrats don't want us to say. All right. I'll try to do that if I'm not busy. Thank, Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you very much. And also be safe there, my friend. Very, very much. Great call from Carlos Colon and from Texas, one of our listeners, which is great to hear from. Thank you. What a great, great American. Um, when we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. What do you make of the fact that, oh, don't worry about border, don't worry about inflation? The only thing that matters is they say now every single Republican is taking every single right away from you. It doesn't matter what it is, even if it has zero to do with Roe v. Wade. It's going to be taken away from you. That's the big message. And they are screaming it and protesting to high heaven. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls when we come back. This is the Rita Cosby Show. All right, so you know I went to University of South Carolina, so I always got to hear a little bit of Leonard Skinner. What's her name? It's Kamala Harris, and boy, she is going crazy over the leaked draft by the Supreme Court. Take a listen. How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights and their freedoms? Wow. And now Joe Biden is saying it doesn't even have to do with abortion rights. He's saying that Republicans want to take away every single right you ever had, no matter what group you are. Here's a little sample. This is about a lot more than abortion. I hadn't read the whole opinion at that time. There had been a law saying a married couple could not purchase birth control in the privacy of their own bedroom and use it. Well, that got struck down. Griswold 
was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and I'm, my guess is the guy's on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state changes the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way the, the decision is written? Are you kidding me? Is that what this says? So Peter Ducey of Fox News took Jen Psaki, circle back Psaki, to task during the briefing today. The president said today, what happens if you have states change the law saying that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? What is he talking about? Well, I think, Peter, we've seen um, extreme laws that target uh, LGBTQ families, their kids across the country. And I think what he's saying is we don't know what they're capable of, given what they've already done to date. Which state is trying to segregate LGBTQ children in the classroom? I think we've seen laws that are incredibly discriminatory. That's what the president's referring to. And the fact that uh, he doesn't know what additional steps could be taken by extreme wings of the party that would rather divide uh, rather than work on issues that the American people actually are focused on and actually impacting them. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. They're going to use this to say Republicans are going to try to take away every single right you've ever had. That is such malarkey. We're going to take your calls after the break and also our Support Our Heroes segment where we honor our great veterans and their family. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the show, where we honor our great military veterans and their families, a really powerful story coming from Apollo Beach, Florida where their first week of military May, Corporal Evan Stafford of Apollo Beach was awarded the Silver Star for his actions on April 7th, 2004, during Iraqi Operation Iraqi Freedom, when he protected his fellow Marines with complete disregard for his own safety. By the way, the U.S. Marine Corps' Top three awards are the Medal of Honor, of course, the Navy Cross, and then the Silver Star. The first Silver Star was awarded in 1932 during World War I. Now, here's a little bit about this incredible hero's background. In Al-Anbar Province, Iraq, Corporal Stafford's platoon was on patrol when 60 insurgents ambushed them from well-fortified positions. When his team executed immediate action to flank the enemy machine gun positions, Corporal Stafford dismounted his vehicle, and while under intense enemy machine gun fire and small arms fire, he charged forward across a small canal and up a berm. After silencing the first enemy position, he was ordered to go back over the berm and support the withdrawal of another team. And then he instead assaulted over the berm 
under withering enemy fire for a second time and single-handedly neutralized two insurgents at point-blank range. As he pushed forward, he came upon another insurgent preparing to throw a hand grenade and immediately warned his two teammates to take cover. The enemy grenade exploded without causing injury to his fellow Marines. What an amazing story. And by the way, Corporal Stafford was later portrayed in the HBO miniseries Generation Kill. He now owns and operates an aluminum construction business in Apollo Beach called New Wave Aluminum and now has been given the silver stars for his amazing heroic actions. And boy, what a powerful story and a great reminder that there are truly heroes living among us. And I want to talk about something that I don't think is very heroic is as soon as this decision came down, that came down from the Supreme Court, and I'm talking about the draft decision because it's just a draft. It's just a leak of the draft. But Justice Roberts, the chief justice, did confirm that it was an accurate draft opinion. Again, we don't know if it's going to be the final one on Roe v. Wade. We saw people protesting and making just some really horrible, ugly, intense threats. I think, listen, it's America. People should speak out however they feel on different sides of the issues. But when I see intense vitriol where they are threatening people's lives, threatening justices' lives, shouting out, saying, you know, swear words left and right outside the Supreme Court, that is inappropriate. And Elizabeth Warren, the senator, she's not doing that. But boy, is she getting riled up and she's getting the crowd riled up. Take a listen. She is not happy with the fact that Roe v. Wade may be overturned. Take a listen. Angry but committed. Understand this. Understand this. I have seen the world where abortion is illegal. And we are not going back. There's a lot of passion there. And Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch says he is very concerned about some of the intense emotions and some of the verbiage. Not that we heard there. We just heard a lot of passions there. Uh, But there have been some people who have been really vitriolic and very vicious in some of the commentary that they've been shouting outside the Supreme Court since this leak came out just a few days ago. And they've been almost there 24-7. And some of them making very strong verbal threats against the justices that in this opinion, in this draft, they didn't like what they had to say. And Tom Fitton is very concerned where this could go. The president's uh, statements today uh, didn't didn't talk about protecting the Supreme Court from this attack. I mean, this leak is going to put those justices who want to overturn Roe versus Wade in the public eye in such a way that's going to lead to attempts at intimidation and potential violence. Wow. Let's see if the left goes after that and condemns any form of violence, any nasty vitriol, because, boy, you know, if it was on the other side, they would do it in a heartbeat. And instead, they're saying anybody that's associated with MAGA, 
anybody that had anything to do with President Trump, well, they're part of the most extreme movement in U.S. history, according to this president. And many Republicans are saying that all of this is just smoke and mirrors, that they are trying to ride any issue they can, the Democrats, to cover up for bad inflation, to cover up for an open border, to cover up for all the problems in Afghanistan. And also now, currently, in Russia, Ukraine, that whole war has just been a disaster in the way it's been handled by this administration. Too little, too late. And they're saying that this is just a big cover-up for many other serious problems that are plaguing this president in a huge way at the polls. And I'm not just talking about Republicans. I'm talking about Democrats and independents. Take a listen. This is Republican Senator John Barrasso, who says, don't buy the smoke and mirrors. Not one Democrat has condemned it. The Democrats have jumped on this for two reasons. One is they want to change the topic from immigration, from the soaring inflation. They want to get off of the things that are so unpopular about this president. The other thing is they want to undermine the integrity of the Supreme Court. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders came out almost immediately calling for an elimination of the filibuster so they could stack the Supreme Court with four more liberal justices. So he's saying this is not about what you think it is. This is all politics from the Democrats. one 800 848 Let's go to Pamela on line one. Pamela, your thoughts about all this. Uh, to make a comparison, we have allowed the worst clique in high school to take over our lives and stomp on good, decent people and mock them and put them on the fringe so that they're a Afraid to speak up, just like a good, decent high school kid who who is bullied by the so-called uh, pretty people, and I mean that emotionally and on the outside. And uh, it, this is we've got to vote for people who will stop this nonsense. That's an interesting point. That it's. It's basically a mocking and a condescending and and almost like sort of the disinformation bureau that was suddenly created. Like, oh, uh, oh, now maybe you have uh, Elon Musk who might open the door. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to create this disinformation bureau. Like, so any way that you want to speak out and have your own voice on the other side, they don't like it. And they're going to do whatever they can to, like, diminish you and shame you. Um, How sad is that, Pamela? Because, boy, that's America. We should be able to speak our minds. Think of your, in order to to get people to understand, think of your worst day in high school when you were bullied and treated horribly just because maybe you were a bookworm or you were different than someone else. And this is what's going on now. Good, decent Americans are being bullied. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it it really is. That's really what it is. I mean, to, to not say that the Supreme Court was broken into... And, and mention that and, and go on a detour of other topics it is a disgrace. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, um, Pamela, I want to play this. Thank you for the call, by the way. Um, this is this is cut 19 because this is really interesting. This is a question to Jen Psaki, to Pamela's point. You know, it was so interesting. Joe Biden gets asked, "Okay, what do you think about the leak? Because everybody's like, I can't believe that there was a leak of the U.S. Supreme Court. And I've been in the Supreme Court many a times. I've covered a whole bunch of cases in the Supreme Court. It is always tighter than a drum. 
I mean, when I heard that the leak happened, my fr- I was like, oh, my, a leak? Well, I was like, whoa, 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 what? Even before I knew what the substance was. It was like, are you kidding me? It was unheard of. I mean, it is like what, like a, a huge break of integrity and rules and so many of these different issues. And so they go over to President Biden and they ask him about, hey, what do you think of the leak? And he doesn't respond or condemn the leak. I mean, to me, just as Pamela was just saying, that is so shameful. It's so terrible. He doesn't say a damn thing at all about the leak. He's like, not a problem about the leak whatsoever. The leak is not an issue. You know, he doesn't care about that. It's not bad that there was a leak in his mind. It's he goes right after everything else. He goes and says, you know, oh, MAGA is terrible. And he says, they're going to take away all your rights. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to do all that. It's like not a darn thing about the leak or going after the leaker. Can you imagine, again, if the shoe were on the other foot, he would be going crazy if it was something that he didn't think he could use to his political advantage or the Democrats didn't think they could use to their political advantage they would be trying to track down the leaker like there's nothing else. Like, forget, you know, uh, it, it, there'd be a mass murder. He'd go, oh, don't worry about that one. Let's go after the leaker. The leaker would be like prime target number one. There'd be posters. Do you know this shadowy figure, you know, in every single bathroom and every single building and every single front door in America? I mean, and now it's like, oh, don't worry about the leak. And in fact, Jen Psaki was asked about that today. Take a listen. But does the White House condemn, explicitly condemn this leak and or has seeing this draft been seen as welcome by some here? I don't think we have a particular view on that other than to say that uh, we certainly note uh, the unprecedented nature of it. What we are mindful of, and I spoke with the president about exactly this question yesterday, and obviously it's up to the Department of Justice to determine what, if any, action they will take. And I know, obviously, there have been calls for that from some Republicans, but also members of the Supreme Court. Yeah, let's kind of like punt that one. Let's go to Denise on line six. Denise, your thoughts about all this? Rita, always a a pleasure to speak with you. Rita, yesterday, um, all the focus was on, you know, the uh, rights of a woman's body versus, and that was the rhetoric was coming from. I had even called to Dominic and I said, it's all political. And they're trying to, the, the Democrats knew that going into the midterm elections, they were in deep trouble. So they needed something to latch on to in order to say, you know, this is the focus. Take away the focus on the border and everything that he has done, Biden, and all his treasonous actions to bring our democracy down. But today, they took a step further. And I think Biden not only needs mental help, but he should have psychological help. Because going after an elected official is one thing. But going after an entire base that supports an elected official and saying that all of your rights are going to be taken away and all of these people are coming after you, et cetera, et cetera, he's just opened Pandora's box. He is, he is actually opened up to a, to a challenge to a war against two, I don't even want to say parties, but people who can see right through his uh, transparency of trying to take away from the criticalness of what's happening in this country and trying to use every single aspect. So I think let him keep talking because he's going to wake up a sleeping dog. 
He really is. You know, Denise, you bring up a great point. You bring up a great point because you're right. He sort of opened up a hornet's nest by saying that now it's getting anybody who's ever, you know, believed in the Make America Great Again movement um, or liked President Trump on different levels. Now they're like galvanized. You know, now they're like, are you kidding me? How dare you say that to me? Like, you, you know, you... You don't you're not representing all Americans. And in fact, the thing that's so interesting about all this, Denise, is he rode. Remember on the unity ticket. Remember, that was the one thing like when he was riding as president, he was like, I am going to unify the country. You will not hear any of these smears from me. You will not hear, you know, any of the backstabbing from me. I'm going to represent all of you. And he just like single handedly, like basically smeared tens of millions of Americans. And shamelessly and just said it's the most extreme political movement like you, you know, you're you're radical. You if you think that America should be great again and, and the patriotic values that were associated with MAGA, you know, you're an extremist, you know, uh, like me, you know, basically uh, do a terrible withdrawal of Afghanistan. You know, uh, let's have one of the highest inflation rates. Let's uh, you know, let's make sure that you uh, basically give away your firstborn child when you go to the gas pump. You know, I mean, this is like crazy. Like, that's not an extreme, you know, chaos policy, you know, that he's doing. I mean, uh, the dichotomy is unbelievable. That is a great, great message. And I think you're right. I think he's opened a hornet's nest. Denise, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Kathy in line one. Kathy, your thoughts. Oh, hey, Rita. I think uh, Joe Biden forgot his uh, voting record. I was just and I remember this, I think, from college even. He he was against Roe v. Wade. He said that women do not have the sole right to make the decision about abortion. Correct me if I'm wrong. And no, know, he no, you're he, absolutely correct. He said it. I believe it was 1984, um, and he made a quote, um, and then he reversed himself in 2012, um, which is interesting. Well, um, actually, forgive me, 1974. And in fact, I'll read you the quote. He said, "A woman." shouldn't have the sole right to say what should happen to her body. That was 1974. And then in 2012, he said government doesn't have a right to tell other people that women, uh, they can't control their body. So he reversed himself between 1974 and 2012. And uh, he wants us to forget about anything prior to 2012. And the part I remember that I guess I learned in 1982, he wanted the state's to be allowed to reverse Roe v. Wade. What I'm saying is he's feeding us a clock of bull. Yeah, no, no. And and also it's not what it basically would do if this draft holds, if the draft holds, it basically goes back to the states and different states will have different decisions. Some states may not do anything. It may just stay absolutely the same. There may be some tweaking. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could happen, but he wants us to believe that not only does it totally throw out protections for abortion, which isn't the case, um, but he also wants to believe that protections for other rights are going to be thrown out. It's crazy. It is crazy. Well, when we get back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, plus a plea from Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine is now pleading for Joe Biden to come again to his country. I want to get your take on all of this. Do you think Joe Biden should go? Has he been a disaster with foreign policy? How does he fix things in Ukraine? And 
does he want to stay focused on all of this and going after MAGA and have us not remember the problems in Ukraine, the problems with the economy, the problems with everything else? We're going to continue with your calls about all of this. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Kravitz here on the Rita Cosby show and in the middle of all of these issues that we're talking about domestically we cannot forget about what's happening in Ukraine because boy they are still getting pounded by the Russians and just a little bit ago the president of Ukraine Vladimir Zelensky made yet another plea to please have President Biden come to Ukraine. Remember, he has not come to Ukraine. We've seen a lot of other world leaders. We've seen even Nancy Pelosi came. Uh, We've seen many different folks come. But yet, President Biden has not come. And Volodymyr Zelensky says it would be an important symbol to the world. Take a listen. How important is it that President Biden come to Kiev to see Bucha or Dyanka, what has happened here? It's important. I think it's very important because uh, you, you, you know, in, in our minds, in our society, the President Biden, the president of, uh, of the biggest democratic civilization for Ukrainians, for our understanding. Yeah, that's it. That our partners, strategic partners, and I think that it, it would be a great signal, very important signal. Johnson came. I'm just thinking that it's also very good for him. That is good for him because United States supports us. So I mean, I mean that the president of, of the country which supports us, I think, um, is, is good for, for him to be here. And President Biden could use some good news if you look at the polls. one 800 Let's go to Alex in California on Line 8. Alex, your thoughts? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to say that a lot of commentators who are predicting a Republican wave in November are relying on a certain polls that indicate that result. But there are other polls which are reputable, and they point in the other direction. And I want to point out the tracking poll by The Economist. They show that three of the four major demographic groups in the United States now have a net approval of Joseph Biden's uh, performance. And in particular, all right. So, Alex, hang on. Do you believe that, like Gallup, and by the way, Real Clear Politics, which is an overall average of basically all the polls out there? Um, I'm also talking NBC. I'm talking ABC. I'm talking CNN. They're not reputable. Is that what you're saying? That the I'm Economist that- is the Economist is the only one that we can look at because you like it. Uh, I, di- I didn't say that. I didn't say that the Economist is the only reputable poll. Yeah, but you made it sound like the other ones. Alex, you know what? Um, There probably are polls. I believe, you know, I'm not familiar with the Economist one, so I'm sure that, you know, I believe what you're saying. But what I'm saying is there are so many others that are overwhelmingly say it. And where I think also, and Alex, if I saw that the president was doing well in the polls, I would absolutely say it. 
Um, but what I'm seeing in the polls is also independence and Democrats. I mean, independence, especially when they're dealing with economic issues and the inflation in particular, um, he's getting just clobbered in the numbers. And that's why uh, there are so many issues on his plate. I mean, Mark Penn, who is the you know Clinton pollster, was basically saying he's dealing with the war crisis. He's dealing with immigration. He's dealing with all this stuff. It's It's a lot. Thanks so much. We're going to go real quick to Karen. Karen, you got a few seconds left, but I want to make sure I get to you. Go ahead, Karen. Uh, thank, um, Congress is forgetting about separation of powers. Supreme Court didn't get involved in their in a lot of their crazy decisions, and they shouldn't be. I mean, they're making all these comments. That's going to incite a lot of people to a, not the violence, like with the insurrection during January 6th. Hopefully, no violence. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.